You're listening to the podcast of The Branch in Ashland, Virginia. In our journey looking at the fivefold ministry described by Paul in Ephesians 4, we look at the shepherding gifting. Those with this gifting seek to guard and guide. They seek reconciliation not only with God, but also among the body. Let's look at how else we recognize those with the shepherding gifting and see how God might use them in the body and beyond. Throughout the Bible, God's people are referred to as sheep, and I've got a a picture in my office of Jesus holding a little lamb, and you know, it's cute. Everyone would awe when they see it, and and you know, that thought of, of people as sheep has good connotations for a minute, and then you think about it, and you're like, this may actually not be as flattering of a thing as we think it is, and in fact, um, we may actually be able to relate a little bit uh, to this video of a, of a sheep. I, I mean, it, if we're honest, like probably some of us have been there before, <laughs> I mean, right? Like we get out of something only to find ourselves back in. And, and you know, more often than not, when I read through Scripture and I, I read those passages about God's people being the sheep of his pasture, I think I think about stuff like that. Uh, the fact that uh, we are incapable of getting ourselves out of those ditches and oftentimes we'll find ourselves being rescued from those ditches only to get ourselves right back into it again. You know, it's a problem that God's people have had for since the beginning of time. Adam uh, wasn't able to get himself out of the situation that he got in. And today, as we continue looking at this fivefold gifting that Paul talks about in Ephesians 4, we come to uh, the gifting of the shepherd, the shepherding gift, and look at what that means. We've talked about this over the last few weeks, looked at the, the gifting of the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, Um, And then today, the shepherding, we've said that we see all these gifts displayed in Jesus Christ. And so uh, the ministry of Jesus Christ is given to the body of Christ so that uh, it can reach its fullness uh, in in the fullness of Christ. And so it, it shouldn't be, as we think about how Jesus demonstrated this gift of being a shepherd... If we're familiar with Scripture at all, we, we may think not only have we seen God's people referred to within the Bible as the sheep, but we also know that Jesus said that he is a good shepherd. If we read through the book of John, John's account of Jesus' life in the gospel, uh, we, we know that there are seven statements that Jesus makes throughout the gospel of John about himself, I am statements, and one of those I am statements is found in John chapter 10, where Jesus specifically says that he is the good shepherd, and so if you have a Bible, you can turn to John chapter 10, it'll be up on the screen as well. 
This is what Jesus says in John chapter 10. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. And so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. And J.R. Woodward, who I've referred to throughout this series, said he calls those with the shepherding gift the soul healers. You know, those who have that shepherding gift, and we see it in Jesus, that, that gift comes out in being compassionate and being loving and caring and nurturing. I appreciate the way um, that Woodward describes this gifting in community. He says, soul healers help the community to cultivate a life-giving spirituality and embody reconciliation. You know, remember what Jesus' words were in the Gospels where he says, I've come that they might have a life and have it more abundantly. And, you know, these are words to live by, especially for the shepherds among us. Because it's not just about rescuing or caring in the moment, but it's, it's leading people to, to healthy lives, abundant lives as well. Shepherds shouldn't be all about like just resisting tension and conflict, but they should be seeking reconciliation. And Jesus was the source of our reconciliation to the Father. And as the shepherd, he showed that to us. But other shepherds, those given that gift, should also be seeking reconciliation. Reconciliation between one another, yes, but also reconciliation with the Father. Shepherds seek to extend that reconciliation that we receive from Jesus to others so that they might also experience the soul-changing power of the gospel. The, The crux of the gospel message is that God has chosen to reconcile us back to himself through Jesus. And those who are shepherds want to see that happen. They want to see reconciliation happen. Jesus says in this passage that the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And so this gifting of shepherding is a sacrificial gifting, a gifting in which one is called to put themselves in harm's way for the sake of the sheep for which they're caring. And Jesus mentions in this passage that there are those who are shepherds and then there are caretakers. And the difference is that the moment that conflict, the moment that danger comes, the shepherds, they own it. And they say, hey, I'm going to stand in the way. I'm going to, he says, lay down his life multiple times in this. Versus the hired hand is like, peace, I'm out of here. There's conflict. There's danger. I'm not hanging around to see what happens. These sheep are on their own. Even as we read through the Old Testament, there are books like Zechariah and Jeremiah where God speaks through these prophets and talks about the contrast between some of the shepherds 
Even those who were called to shepherd the people of God, the, the nation of Israel, were like the hired hand. That the moment that conflict or danger came in, they're like, I'm out of here. I, I'm not going to wait around. I, I don't want to lose my life. And yet, that's the call of those who are given the shepherding gift. So I apologize in advance for those of you who feel like you have that gifting, but that's part of the call is to lay down your life for others. And in John 10, uh, that's what Jesus says. The shepherd has skin in the game. He, he's willing or she's willing to lay down his or her life for the sheep, not abandon the sheep, but to stick with them, to put themselves between harm and the sheep. But the good shepherd also knows his sheep and they know him. The shepherds knew their sheep with such intimacy that they knew when one was missing. And the sheep knew the shepherd's voice so that when they heard it, they would follow. You think about seeing babies as they are acclimating to their new environment. And if, if you know, I don't know, I haven't read all the statistics about uh, speaking to babies when they're in the womb, but you've seen, hopefully, either experience of your own or, or videos or other things where once a baby recognized the voice of its mother or father, there was something distinct there. And it's the same way with sheep, that there's a distinction that they hear in hearing the voice of their shepherd. There's such intimate knowledge, and having heard that multiple times over and over again, there's, there's no question whatsoever whether they're hearing the right voice. <clears throat> the sheep know their shepherd, and the shepherd's willing to go after that sheep if it gets itself lost if it finds itself separated from the flock. The good shepherd also seeks the other sheep that are outside of the pen. In Jesus' words here, he's considering that most of the people he's speaking to are, are Jews. They're Jewish people. They're part of the nation of Israel. But as will come after the Gospels, after Jesus' resurrection, we read in the book of Acts and also in the letters of Paul and Peter that it was not just to the people of God that, God, that Jesus had come, but the, it's open to all who will come and enter into that pen. And Jesus says, I'm not just thinking about those who are here, but I'm thinking about those who are part of another pen who need to be here. This idea of inclusiveness, for those of again who, who have uh, taken strengths finders, if you're an includer, then again, maybe you have that shepherding gift that, that you want to see others receive that life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that message of reconciliation. And throughout this, again, Jesus makes four separate references within this passage about laying down his life. Something that is a real thing. And again, if you feel like God's given you that shepherding gift, maybe you have experienced that before. Maybe not physically, but you feel like you've made sacrifices for the sake of the people whom you're shepherding. You've laid down your life and said, hey, I feel like this is my calling to care for other people. 
Shepherds are guards and they are guides. And we see this in Jesus, the perfect good shepherd. But what does this look like for the shepherds among us? How do they guard and guide? You know, shepherds guard sheep from dangers and they care for them, but it's not just about the guarding and the protection of them. It's about protection and purpose. It's caring for them and guiding them, leading them into something else. You know, the shepherds would go ahead of their flock and, and check out all the terrain, all the land to make sure that there were no surprises for them. They wanted to know where are the potential dangers, where are the potential pitfalls. We want to know where's the water, where's the, the uh, grass that the sheep are going to eat. They wanted to make sure that wherever they were leading them, they were leading them to life and nourishment. They weren't leading them to danger and death. And that's at the heart of the, those who are gifted as shepherds. They, yes, want to protect, but they also want to point them to a life of flourishing, a life of abundance. That doesn't necessarily mean financial abundance and flourishing, but it means holistic flourishing, spiritually and emotionally. Are we flourishing? Those who are shepherds among us want to see people come to that flourishing place in life. You know, King David, who was a shepherd before he was a king, he wrote one of the most famous psalms uh, in the Bible, Psalm 23, which we could easily spend weeks on as we look through that. But you think about the language in Psalm 23. He leads me beside still waters. You know, he, he leads me in, way, in paths of righteousness. And that he leads, the, the good shepherd will lead to a spacious area where grass is plentiful and where they can eat their fill, where they can drink their fill. So shepherding is, is about guarding, yes, protection, yes, but also about guiding as well. Those with the shepherding gift are protective of sheep. They're highly empathetic and relational people, they want to nurture and love and care. And again, we see this with Jesus. We see this in the Gospels as Jesus was patient with His disciples. Those ones who were like that video in the beginning, who He would get out, and then they just jump right back in again to the place that had, had caused them harm. And shepherds want unity and wholeness. Again, from a strength perspective, they may be people who have the strength of harmony. And again, it's not just because they're, they don't want conflict or tension. It's because they want protection so that people can experience wholeness. Wholeness that can only be experienced through the life-giving, life-changing power of the gospel through Jesus Christ. Shepherds will see who's missing. And in Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 and 13, we, we see this. Jesus, again, describing himself as a shepherd, but the shepherd in general. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? If he finds it truly, I tell you, he's happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off and shepherds are includers they notice who's missing who's not here who is it that's wandered off that we need to go out and reach 
And shepherds aren't just about the ones who are here, but they're saying, who else needs to be here? Who else needs to experience this? Who else needs to be led in ways of righteousness? Who else needs to be led to reconciliation? And how do we extend that beyond, not just the body of Christ, but extend it beyond to those who have yet to know who Jesus is and yet to know what He's done for us. Shepherds are also about formation. Not only for uh, protection, but well-being and care and nurturing and growth. As shepherds lead their flocks through the field, they'll never take them to places unfamiliar. They will always have gone beforehand and said, hey, I'm going to check this out to find out what might be waiting for me. But shepherds will seek to create and maintain healthy community as well. Well, it might seem from the shepherding analogy that most dangers would come from without, you know, from lions or bears or other things. Sometimes some of those dangers come from within. And shepherds will do their best to mitigate those, to be aware of them and seek health and wholeness in this. Alan Hirsch writes this. He says, Shepherding will serve to protect the church from influences and people that will destroy it from the inside out. And if we've spent any length of time within the church, within the body of Christ, then we've probably unfortunately seen this before. That sometimes within, there can be more dangers within than even from without. And part of the gifting of the shepherd is to say, hey, I want to protect from the outside influences, but I also want to protect from the inside ones as well that have a potential for doing damage. Our well-being... Um, <clears throat> shepherds will seek to lead people towards wholeness inwardly, outwardly, and upwardly. Our well-being is not just dependent upon our relationships with each other, but also with God and with the outside world. You know, one of the things that we, I've been saying recently here at the branch is that we seek to stay connected to God, stay connected to each other, and stay connected to the world. There's that, that like trifecta of connection that we need. We need to constantly maintain that connection with the Father, that life-giving connection to the Father. But we also need each other in this. Those of us who say, hey, we're part of the body of Christ, but we don't circle the wagons and say, it's just us. We need to extend that beyond. And the shepherds among us will help us say, who else needs to experience what we experience here? Who else needs to experience this and know this? You know, as I go through these assessments that we've sent out, um, some of you may be surprised. Some of you are like, yeah, I get it, that shepherding is not the highest on my list. It is the lowest on my list. It's one of the areas where God has had to probably pull me out of that ditch multiple times. But that doesn't give me a pass. It doesn't mean that I, I'm like, you know what? I'm not gifted in that, so I'm just not going to do it. Because remember again, the fullness of Christ that we're seeking to reach towards, we are being made more fully like Jesus every day. And so even though I don't excel as a shepherd, I'm getting better every day because of the power of the gospel working in me. To do that more and more. And all of us need to do that. 
If we're skilled in shepherding, but not in the apostolic or not in the prophetic, that doesn't give us a pass to just say, hey, I'm not going to do that because, you know, God didn't gift me in that. No, if we're moving and the body of Christ has been given these gifts to reach the fullness of Christ, then more and more every day, God is going to do something in us. I don't always shepherd well. In fact, I think I shepherd well when sheep are easy and compliant. Like when they do what, they, what you tell them to do, right? Like those are the easy sheep to shepherd. Like it's the ones who stray off and who, you know, you have to pull out of a ditch like every third hour. Those are the ones that I struggle with the most. And if I'm honest, because I've said it before, criticism is autobiographical. If I'm honest, I'm probably just like that. And the reason why it frustrates me more than anything else is because I can find myself in a ditch. And the things that bother me about other people are probably present in ourselves as well. It's, it's hard to be patient as a shepherd. It's hard. My patience doesn't always serve me well when it comes to sheeps like the ones we see in that video. Sheep, not sheeps, right? Sorry. My grammar's awful. The thing about all these giftings, though, again, is that we're called to display these more and more every day. The fullness of Christ is something that we strive for as a body and as individuals. This is why we need community, so that we can say, hey, you know what, I'm struggling in my shepherding gifting. Can you help me here? You know, when I see people who are gifted in that, you know, I'll call her out because I know she loves being a shepherd. But Leslie, I mean, teaches me stuff all the time about shepherding. And I have to rely on that shepherding gift because I stink at it. And I have to say, hey, help me in this. Hey, what do you see that I don't see? That's the beauty of the body of Christ. Is that when we have insufficiencies, which we all do, When we have inadequacies, we can lean into each other. We can lean into Christ, into the fullness of who He is, and we can help each other improve and get better. Shepherding the hard sheep is a difficult thing. I encountered a book years ago, I haven't read it, but by a man named John Snyder called These Sheep Bite. (laughs) And I thought, yeah, ain't that the truth? If you've hung around the body of Christ for any length of time, you know that the difference between the world, those who don't know the saving power of Jesus Christ, and the church is that difference right there. That one knows that they're forgiven and the other one doesn't. But other than that, some of the similarities are are pretty clear. And sometimes we can bite each other And it's the unruly, adventurous sheep that can be hard to lead and to guide, but we're all the body. And we all need a Savior. None of us who sits here, none of us who listens to this is not in need of a Savior. None of us can save ourselves. None of us can get ourselves out of that that ditch by ourselves. That's why we need a Savior, and hopefully it, it's, it's a freeing thing to come to that realization. And shepherds can encourage us towards that. They don't just take their stick and beat us, but they gently pull us out and remind us of the health and wholeness and that journey of health and wholeness that God calls us to be on.
Alan Hirsch, Hirsch writes that shepherds seek to promote the common good. They are encouraging people in the faith and ensuring the welfare of the people as well as the broader society in which the community abides. If we're shepherding well with that gifting, it won't be something that just the church sees and experiences. It would be, it's something that the world who desperately needs to know the life-changing power of the gospel and of Jesus Christ can see as well. That they can see there's something different. So how might we know if we have the strong gifting as shepherds? So again, if we can answer yes to these questions, then chances are that, that maybe we've got the shepherding gift hired. You have a heart for the hurting and those who may be left out. Do you want the community to look and feel and act and more, more like a family? That's what true community is, is connected community. Do you sometimes feel that the focus of the church is too outward and not inward enough? Are we not always caring well for each other? There's a both end there, but shepherds sometimes can say, hey, you're forgetting about the flock that is here. You're forgetting about those who, who need care and nurturing, who need wholeness, because we all need that health and wholeness. Do you have compassion, love, and patience to walk with those who are hurting and suffering, grieving, who need to experience health, wholeness, and holiness. And those three are essential. You know, it's not just about health or protection or wholeness, but holiness is part of that. And we talked about that when we went through 1 Peter, that we're called to be a holy priesthood, a, a separate nation, not so that we can circle up again, but so that others, we can let others experience that same health, wholeness, and holiness. Do you seek peace and reconciliation within your community? And then do you want others to express the same love and care to those around them? You know, constantly when I think about strengths and gifting, I'm always reminded that the reason it's a gift or is a strength is because it comes naturally to those who have it. And sometimes it's hard for us, those of us who are gifted in an area or have a strength in an area, to, to wrap our heads around the fact that other people don't have it. We're like, well, what's wrong with you? Why don't you see this? Well, because that's not the way God created them. And so again, can we have grace with one another in that to say, hey, I know that you excel in this area. I don't want to just pass it off to you and say, all right, I'm done. I want you to do two things. I want you to live into that gifting, but I also want to learn from you. I want to learn how I can do this better as an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a shepherd. And next week as we look at teacher, hey, maybe I'm not gifted in that. Can you help me? Again, that's the beauty of community. And hopefully those shepherds among us, uh, because that's the way that they're wired, will have that grace, will have that compassion to say, hey, I see you're struggling in this area. And, you know, how can I help you do this better? That's what God calls us to because that is reaching the fullness of Christ that Paul talks about in Ephesians 4. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you for your example to us of being the good shepherd. 
We thank You for the ways that You watch over us, that You guide us, You guard us, You lead us in paths of life and righteousness for Your name's sake. Thank You for Your patience with us as we can be unruly, we can be disobedient, we can be wandering sheep. And Father, thank You for those among us whom You've gifted as shepherds. We thank You for the ways that they care for the community around them the community here at the branch, the community and the places where they go and where they live. Would you strengthen them? Would you lift them up? Would you give them all they need to care for us, for each other, and even for themselves? May the reconciliation that they seek for us to experience with one another be a symbol and an arrow pointing towards the reconciliation that we experience with you, Father through Your Son, Jesus Christ, by His sacrifice and gift of grace. And Father, may we submit to You and to each other in order to achieve unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And may we do this in such a way that we would see the building up of both Your body and Your kingdom for Your glory and Your name's sake, we pray. Amen. Shepherds want healthy, whole, and holy communities. They want to be agents of reconciliation, seeking to not only lead sheep to safe pastures, but green ones as well, where they can grow and flourish. How is God growing the shepherding gifting within you? Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at thebranchashland at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, Give us a review and share with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. See you next time.